Jerry, please turn your mic on. I just did. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Mark, chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, hear, old, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and beside him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one neighbor, one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any questions. This is the word of our Lord. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Lord, you have given us your word today. Now open up our hearts and our minds that we may inwardly digest what you have told us. Give us your knowledge and your wisdom that we may fully understand and that we may fully live your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. One day, a poor boy who was selling goods from door to door to pay his way through school found he had only one thin dime left, and he was hungry. He decided he would ask for a meal at the next house. However, he lost his nerve when a lovely young woman opened the door. Instead of a meal, he asked for a drink of water. Well, now she thought he looked hungry, so she brought him a large glass of milk. He drank it so slowly and then asked, how much do I owe you? You don't owe me anything, she said. Mother has taught us never to accept pay for a kindness. He said, then I thank you from my heart. As Howard Kelly left that house, he not only felt stronger physically, but his faith in God and man was strong also. You see, he had been ready to give up 
and quit. Many years later, that same young woman became critically ill. The local doctors were baffled. They finally sent her to the big city where they called in specialists to study her rare disease. Dr. Howard Kelly was called in for the consultation. When he heard the name of the town she came from, a strange light filled his eyes. Immediately he rose and went down the hall of the hospital to her room. Dressed in his doctor's gown, he went in to see her. He recognized her at once. He went back to the consultation room, determined to do his best to save her life. From that day, he gave special attention to her case. And after a long battle, the, after a long struggle, the battle was finally won. Dr. Kelly requested that the business office pass the final bill to him for approval. He looked at it, then wrote something on the edge, and the bill was sent to her room. She feared to open it, for she was sure it would take the rest of her life to pay for it all. Finally, she looked, and something caught her attention on the side of the bill. She read these words, paid in full with one glass of milk, signed Dr. Howard Kelly. Tears of joy flooded her eyes as her happy heart prayed. Thank you, God, that your love has spread broad through human hearts and human hands. There's a saying that goes something like this. Bread cast on water comes back to you. The good deed you do today may benefit you or someone you love at the least expected time. If you never see the deed again, at least you will have made the world a better place. And after all, isn't that what life is about? In our scripture passage today, Jesus tells us to love our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. Jesus is quoting scripture that is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. He is telling us that we are to love God with our entire being, with everything that is within us. We are to love him completely, above everything and everyone else that we love. The Sadducees and the Pharisees in Jesus' time loved God. They loved him so much that they even made the extra rules and regulations so that they could honor God better. But they only loved him in their minds. They did not allow God's love to permeate through their whole being. Do we do that? Do we just love God on the outside? 
and not allow his love to wash over us entirely? Do we allow God to reach into us to the very core of our being? God wants us to move from a merely intellectual faith into a very deep personal relationship with him. He wants us to move him from our heads into our hearts. God wants us to experience the warmth of his love. When we can allow the love of God to move from our heads to our hearts, we are transformed into people who can radiate the love of God to others. And that is the only way that we can fully experience God's love. By giving his love to others, we are proving to God that we do truly love him. It is not enough to have God's love and keep it to ourselves. His love is meant to be shared. To be loving and compassionate to others is the only way to truly love the one who loves us. When Jesus gave us the commandment to love our neighbor as ourselves, he was also quoting from the scripture that is found in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. Jesus was very familiar with scripture, and once again he shows us how the Old and the New Testaments are tied together and how their messages are the same. So how are we to love our neighbor? Perhaps before we answer that question, we need to answer the question, who is my neighbor? We are reminded of the story of the Good Samaritan when we ask that question, and we remember the Jewish priest and the Levite that would not help the man that was beaten by the robbers. But the Samaritan put aside any negative feelings about that man on the side of the road, and he chose to delay his own errand. Because he put the man before himself, he was truly loving him as a neighbor. This teaches us that our neighbors are not only those who simply look, act, and think like us, our neighbors are those who we see that need our help. Like the Good Samaritan, we should consider everybody to be our neighbor. They can be the ones we know quite well, and they can be those who we are drawn to, who need our help. As I was researching to write this message, I came across one commentary that says this, to love someone as yourself, you have to know the person, spend time with the person, and strive to understand the person. Jesus has compared the love we have for our neighbors to the love 
we have for ourselves. It is not a far stretch to say that we know ourselves more and think about ourselves more than any other person. Jesus is saying that is how much we are to love our neighbor, as much as we love ourselves. Naturally, we will not care about someone deeply unless we are intentional about understanding that person and treating him or her as the Lord has treated us. God is teaching us through these verses that we are to put our neighbor ahead of ourselves in word, thought, and deed. Now, there is much about this commentary that I do agree with. However, the author seems to imply that we have to get to know the other person very deeply before we can love them. I believe there are many people in this world today that feel that same way. I think they believe that love can only come from knowing the other person and that love cannot be shown to those who we don't personally know. But Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan teaches us otherwise. It teaches us to love everyone. And that even includes those whom we consider to be our enemies, just like the Good Samaritan did. If we have true love, we set those feelings of animosity aside and we follow the example that Jesus gave us to love all those that he loves. We are all created in his image and we are all his children. Loving your neighbor means looking out for their well-being. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, it says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Loving your neighbor as yourself is to look out for other people's welfare. Notice in this verse that there is no division of who to love. It says to look to the interest of others. It does not say to look to the interest of others that you may know. We are to share the love of our Father with everyone, keeping their needs in our minds at all times. How do we go from looking only to our own needs and preferences, to helping those around us. It can be intimidating to know where to start, but the truth is, is that we cannot do it on our own. And focusing on others obsessively does not allow us to love them any better. To be a good neighbor, we must first love the Lord, with all our heart, all our soul, all of our strength, and all of our mind. This is the greatest commandment. 
God placed this as the first commandment and not the second for a very good reason. To love others well, we have to be filled with the love of God first. Our hearts, souls, and minds must be transformed and focus on the Lord before we can ever love our neighbors selflessly and intentionally. It delights the Lord when we strive to love our neighbors, for they are his children too. It is when we try to mimic God's character that our own godly character is developed. If we love others as ourselves, we are displaying the Lord's work in our lives. Now, filling the needs of others can be done by making lists and then checking off each need as we fulfill it. But loving our neighbor requires a heart that is seeking to bestow God's love. God will honor our prayer when we pray with a pure heart to open up our hearts and our eyes and our minds to those around us that need help. Paul describes love this way in his first letter to the Corinthians. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. I think most of us are very familiar with this passage. But do we live it? Suppose there is a rich man on the street corner handing out money. You sure could use some because you have a lot of bills to pay. But you know there are others that could use it more than you. Do you get in line hoping the money doesn't run out before you get to the man? Or do you let everyone else go first, even though you know there are some in the line who really don't need it? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love your neighbor. There is a person parked alongside the road, and it looks like they are having car troubles. Do you stop to offer assistance? Or do you keep on going, afraid that it might be a setup to rob anybody who stops? Love trusts. Love protects. Love your neighbor. You reject your friend because of things you have heard about him. Later on, you learn that those things were just rumors and lies. 
Do you keep on living like nothing ever happened? Like you never rejected your friend? Or do you approach your friend and ask for forgiveness? Love is proud. Love keeps no records of wrongs. Love your neighbor. The Apostle John has some very stern words for us about love in 1 John chapter 4, verses 19 through 21. This is what he says. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must always love his brother. What John is saying here is God's love is the source of all human love. And it builds a fire within us. In loving his children, God kindles a flame in their hearts. And in turn, they love others who are warmed by God's love through them. It is easy to say we love God when it doesn't cost us anything. The real test of our love for God is how we treat others. We cannot truly love God while neglecting to love those who are also created in his image. Do we love our neighbor as ourselves? Do we even try? We all have neighbors. They are a certainty in life, and it is a command, not a request from our Lord, that we love our neighbors well. May it be our heart's cry to the Lord that we love our neighbors just as he has loved us. Thank you, God, that your love has passed broad through human hearts and human hands. Amen. Let us pray.